People of Dubai who enjoy the best bars and restaurants in the city will be very familiar with the brands of Solutions Leisure, such as Lock, Stock & Barrel, Asia Asia and Q43. These are just some of the concepts that Paul Evans, the CEO of Solutions Leisure and his team have brought to Dubai in the past six years. He joins us to tell the business story behind the brands. Welcome to Dubai Works, a business podcast about the innovators, the products, the services, and trending topics. Love and Dubai's take on the business stories that matter. My name is Richard Fitzgerald. I'm the founder of Augustus Media, publishers of Love and Dubai, Love and Saudi, and Smashy TV. Each week, we'll be interviewing the dynamic business leaders of Dubai. So tell me, uh, how did you go about setting up a food and beverage business in Dubai? It was the only place in this region where I had at least one telephone number, somebody mm. I could start with, you know, yeah. and it always needs to be a start. Um, and in late 2011, I arrived here. My business partner, Frex, stayed in Egypt to look after what we had there. And I began the search of trying to find some real estate and then trying to find some investors that lend us a little bit of money to sort of build something in Dubai. Did you know anything about how to set up a business in Dubai at no, that time? No, not a single bit. So you learned it all? That, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. I think, you know, we talk, I talk about this quite a bit at the moment regarding don't try and figure it all out. You know, I, I didn't know anything. We built 25 venues in Egypt. Honestly, with our foot in the sand, a bit of white cement behind the line, and that's how we built a wall. Wow. And then we built another wall. You know, we, we didn't have AutoCAD, we didn't have MEP, me mechanical, electrical, we didn't have project managers. We just got on and built it. And I kind of figured out it would be the same. Um, so I arrived here and started to do that, that process. And along the journey, found out that, you know, you have to bring an architect and you need an official plan, and then the plan needs to be stamped. And mm. so you, you learn that stuff as you go. There wasn't a big list of stuff we had to do. We just we had to design and build a venue. We had what to find some investors. What was your first venue? What was the start? So the the one telephone. Well, I had two telephone numbers. Um, the one of the telephone numbers answered the phone. He said, "I'll have a coffee with you." Um, I went and met him, and that was Mr. Mark Lee at Media One Hotel, and okay. he had a wonderful space on the top floor of that hotel, which was an office. Um, he said, "Look, we were thinking to do something with this." Um, I said, "Wow, I love it. I'll take it." Hadn't really figured out what I was going to do with it. Um, and then put a nightclub into an office space and solved all the problems that come with that. So, And, and when, that was Q43, that was the first one? Yeah, late December 2013 we eventually opened okay, that. Amazing. And six years later, what is Solutions Leisure now? Oh, we won't skip everything, but, but how did it, what did it become in well, terms think, of size? I, and I think size-wise we're now um, nine outlets in Dubai, wow. um, three in Russia. Uh, we have signed Lockstock London. Wow. Um, haven't found the right location yet, but that is, we have a licensing partner to do Lockstock in London. Amazing. Um, we have three or four other countries around the globe that we're discussing and negotiating for Lockstock or for Asia Asia. Um, who are we today? We're exactly the same people we were before anybody agreed to lend us any money. Mm. Um, there's just a few more of us today. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Before we talk about the different brands, the kind of setup process, you know, you mentioned some of the kind of things you needed. How, how do you feel that that sort of regulation and assistance has allowed a company like yours to grow in Dubai? And do you think it's kind of set you up strongly? I think this country gives you more opportunity than any other country I've ever seen. You know, look what, what amazing thing they did in 45, 46 years. Mm. It's, it's, it's astronomical. Mm. Um, and I think if you come here with the right mythology, the right work ethic, the right desire, and you put foundations down, you know, I, I didn't come here for a short spell. I, I moved to Dubai to live in Dubai. 
and I put my roots down, I put my foundations down and I worked hard. I, I gave it everything I have. I still give it everything I have. And I think that the beauty of a country like Dubai or a beauty of the country Dubai is that it gives you back times 10 what you give it. Yeah, so if you come here and short term fix, that's, that's what, what you're you'll get. <laughs> if you come here with, I'm going to live here and I'm going to give this country everything I can, then this country will give you everything it can. And so, it, I've had an amazing journey. I mean, wow. Amazing. Did you kind of feel that when you arrived that you kind of sensed that in the air, you saw the setup and you were like, I'm going to give this everything. And I feel that this is a place that can host a business. I, I don't have to just be here to kind of get a job. I can actually set up a business here. Yeah, I think that, you know, I'd, I'd always had aspirations to come to Dubai. We were the market leader in Egypt by quite some margin. We weren't pushed, we weren't particularly challenged. Um, and whenever I used to come here on vacation, I just, I used to see opportunity literally everywhere I look. Like when I walked mm. into your office now, the first thing I do is I look at every single window and think that's an office. <laughs> Within that office is an opportunity. Um, yeah. There's a few more windows than when I arrived six years ago. Okay. Um, but what a place and what, what an opportunity and the structures are in place, the systems are in place. You know, I came out of Egypt where there was no rule book. The rule book got sort of made up along the way. Here there's a rule book, very clear. These are the conditions, this is what we expect you to do. Live your life in a proper way, abide by the law and you've got the best place to live in the world. How is that conducive to business, especially the F&B business? How does it help uh, you, know, you to get started? Um, I think that, you know, company setup's pretty easy. Mm. I think there's amazing hotels with serious volume of tourists. I think there's an amazing expat community, sizable, wealthy. Um, mm. So you've got the marketplace already to do some cool and funky F&B. And I think Dubai wants to be seen as a dynamic, forward-thinking, cosmopolitan, cool, funky city. Um, F&B is a part of that. Whichever city you pick on the planet, it needs to have a vibrant F&B scene. Um, Dubai has an extremely vibrant F&B scene because it wants to be seen and, you know, it's got some of the best hotels in the world, it's got some of the best restaurants, some of the best bars. You know, there's a number of bars in, in Dubai or restaurants in Dubai today that, that land on the top 100 in the world. That platform was given to us by this city. So I've not really come across a single challenge that doesn't make sense. I've come across rules and regulations that absolutely make sense. Mm. And as long as you abide by those, you can crack on and do some amazing stuff. So as well as the kind of views and your venue selection, the brands are so well known to us and they seem very creative. Like what's the process to come up with the brands? Is it a combination of, what do you do first? <laughs> um, Is it a secret? You're, you're, you don't want to give it no, away. <laughs> no, I think we do stuff we love. Um, there's, you know, F&B sector is extremely wide. You can have a coffee shop and you can have a 5,000 square meter beach club with every sound and light and pyrotechnics you can pop in it. Mm. Everything in the middle of that is considered F&B. Mm. We, have, we have dived into a sector, in the four star plus sector, where we've, I think we've tried to build venues that are not particularly here and are extremely customer focused. You know, if you what has been the key to our success, looking for what does the consumer want. You know, we're not about the chandeliers and the fancy floors and the expensive furniture. Mm. Um, what we're about is, are you smiling? Can we get you to put your hands in the air? And can we get you to stay for one more drink? Mm. Our job is to do that. I think one of the things I learned quite quickly in this city is there's two ways to get people to spend money in the F&B industry. One is to force them by price and one is to encourage them by experience. Okay. Solutions Leisure DNA, we encourage you by experience. We do not have a single minimum charge in any one of our venues. It's our job 
to make sure you spend good money by giving you a fabulous experience. And that that's where we start. So we walk into a space and I've never done a single forecast P&L on one F&B venue in Dubai. The day I get forced to do that, I'm out. If I'm building F&B for what the P&L looks like a year later, I'm done. Why, is that restrictive or? Well, yeah, because how do you know? Okay. What you should be doing is building F&B for a, a specific demographic, how many of those people can come, and if you do it really well with real passion and real energy and you build something that you adore that lands within that sector that you've gone after, lots of people will come. If lots of people come, they'll spend money. They have to because you can't stay there for free. Lots of people come, lots of people spend money. Your P&L will look after itself. Mm. If you go into a space and go, right, how much money can we make here? I think you're on the you're on the back foot from day one. But you mentioned raising money. Do you not have to uh, do forecasts and projections? They try and force you to, yeah. But you sell them the dream and I they believe in the concept. <laughs> I've also got a reasonable track record, you know. Okay. Venue one was a lot harder than venue four. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, investors want to see a return. What I try to sort of suggest is that you shouldn't be building venues with a return in mind. What you should be doing is building venues with. 30,000 footfall, 50,000 footfall, 80,000 footfall. Because if you can achieve that, the PL looks pretty good. Okay, interesting. And when you when you have one brand, how do you decide, like say Lockstock, to choose a different area in Dubai? Do you think Dubai is very community-led and location-led? Or... Um, yeah, I think I think there's a definite divide between downtown and marina. I think okay. there's, there's a very clear divide. I don't believe that marina consumers spend too much time downtown. And mm. I think that... Um, downtown gets a bloody nose if it ever come near Marina. It, it, it doesn't. <laughs> it, they don't. I mean, there's a. Um, so yeah, we try not to eat and cannibalize our own venues. I think sometimes you've got to do a little bit of that because if you don't do it, somebody else will do it, and then they'll cannibalize you completely. Yeah. We saw that with Lockstock JBR and Lockstock Tcom. We knew we'd have dilution. We knew we'd lose probably 20, 25 percent of our business. But we then got to build a bar of scale on JBR that nobody would come and try and compete with. Yeah. You know, if you want to take on Lockstock JBR, the level of investment, the level of effort, the skill that, I mean, I don't have a, something in my tank today that can take on a Lockstock. Okay. I think that is the absolute That's pinnacle of food yeah. and beverage. I don't have next. It's Lockstock. It's yeah. as good as it gets with my opinion today of what the F&B industry should be. Interesting. Yeah, fascinating about the effort it takes to start and create a brand. Lockstock, Lockstock Tcom, the first one, when we when we found that space and we came up with a concept, myself and Freck got up at six o'clock every morning, went to Costa, went into the venue, and we sat there every single day till two o'clock in the morning for nine months. Wow. And we built it with our designers and, and the guys who, who um, the contracting company, by our fingers, by our hands. It was literally, we had a, a bit of a basic design look and feel, and the rest of it was built from sitting in there, feeling it, and I believe that's the best venue on the planet. I think if you, Lockstock, oh, wow. Tcom is as good as it will ever get. JBR's bigger, does probably more money, yeah. um, but an actual pinnacle of how a venue should feel, look, the atmosphere, the ambience, the interaction between the, the different levels of consumer. That's amazing. I'll be blown away if I ever beat that. That's wow. That's interesting. That's my. Uh, but you strive to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try and beat it, but I, yeah, I don't yeah. have anything in the tank today. So I read somewhere, I think on your Instagram, you have lots of cool content. You released a book. Yeah. Did you write it? Are you an author? And how, how are you so entrepreneurial? And how did you publish a book in Dubai? Um, 
so yeah, no, I didn't write it. I, 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 <laughs> what's, what's it, what's well, it I spent forty years writing it through experience and yeah. uh, um, bouncing around doing some interesting stuff. Um, no, I was approached by um, somebody who had done a number of books um, to, to write my life story. <sighs> you know, when you get over the flattery of, of, of that kind of stuff, and, and the reason why I wrote it was the the desire to sort of try and give a little bit back to people that maybe have been through similar challenges to me. The book actually stops at Dubai. It's, this is not a, um, a success story book or a, this is how you build the world's biggest F&B at all. Yeah. This is. That might be an ex- interesting book in itself. Like if, but book, if, book, version. If, book, if book one does okay, then maybe yeah. we'll do book two. Good. If book one crashes and burns, then, <laughs> then there'll be no no requirement for book two. So no, I've, 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 uh, I've had a number of challenges throughout my, from, from being a young boy to, to even recently where I've, I've been able to overcome quite some adversity. Uh, I spent three months of my life in a coma, a year of my life being very sick. Uh, we, we, we talk quite a lot about that and, and how you recover and how you get past all that. And a number of other challenges, how you lose a business in Egypt and start again at 38 years of age or whatever. Wow. So, so that's wow. the reason to write the book. So this guy um, started to uh, write it with me. Um, he wasn't capturing my voice. He wasn't really um, grabbing it. And then the uh, life coach that I was seeing at the time, Caroline Coe, who I was able to tell everything to, said, I want to do it. I said, fine, oh, you man. do it. So we spent two and a half years writing it. Um, I believe it, it really is quite an inspiring book through experience. Look, it's not a Tony Robbins stand on stage, make everybody feel fantastic about themselves, but it is the lessons that I've learned from the challenge university and how I'm able to then execute those into what is perceived to be a successful life. Amazing. And do you take some of those personal values into the values of solutions leisure as yeah, a business? They, they, they the run same from front thing. to back. I mean, yeah. How I live my life is how I run the company. Yeah. Um, I hope that that is an extremely healthy and, and prosperous environment for the people that work for us. I would suggest it is by, the, mm. by the, what I see from them on a daily basis. So no, definitely what I've learned through my life has turned me into the CEO, if you like, that I am today. Um, and I believe that has create an environment where we're able to do the amazing things that I, I think Solutions lets us do every single day of the week. I mean, I'm so proud of, of what that, that team of people we've got are able to achieve on a daily basis. Well, you mentioned the first uh, Lockstock venue, you've been very proud of it. What, what else is a highlight here? I'm proud of every single one. I'm <laughs> okay. proud of the one that didn't work. Which is? Inner City Zoo was, was pretty much break even. Yeah. And, a, and the seafood restaurant that I lost my shirt, your shirt, and anybody <laughs> else that wants to chuck his shirt in. I'm proud of that one. Yeah, um, I'm you prou- from it. Well, I'm proud of the lessons that we learned. You know, we got all excited and we, we started to get a bit gang, uh, gung-ho and believed that we were untouchable and everything we touched turned to gold, and that wasn't the case. We stepped outside of our comfort zone. White tablecloth, fine dining is not our remix, not what we're good at. We, we did it because one of our partners wanted to get involved in it. We gave it everything we got, and we lost our shirt. No mm. different than if I dived into the oil industry tomorrow. Mm. I don't know it, I don't understand it, I'm not passionate about it, I'll lose all my money. Mm. So um, that brought us back down to earth, it made us refocus, made us regroup, and made us realize that you know we're not Midas, we, we have to be on it, we have to focus, and we mm. have to do what we love. And what we love is those party bar environments where you go to an STK and have the time of your life. That That's what we're good at, that's what we love and what we're passionate to do. And, that's okay. what we'll continue to do. Okay, amazing. What next for Solutions Leisure? Hmm. <laughs> um, international uh, expansion. You know, the Lockstock band brand is, is picking up real momentum. I think that is yeah. a, a great venue that will drop into any major city around the world. And, and my job is to try and find great opportunities to help promote the general manager teams of, of Dubai and the, the young staff that are coming amazing. through. 
to go and help us open lock stocks around the globe. That's really interesting. It kind of relates to a theme uh, that uh, a spokesperson at Arabian Business last week mentioned that you know international brands are important for this region and. Do you, you know, is that the kind of benchmark? Do you think people will look at, oh, Solutions Leisure is a concept out of Dubai and, and these are the brands for there, rather than the other way around in franchises? Um, well, look, you know, we, I've owned the Ministry of Sound license. I've owned the Head Candy license. I own the SDK license. Mm. Um, I've been on the receiving end of being a, a licensor and now we're a licensee. Um, a logo will get somebody to come and have a look. Your ops, your entertainment, your service levels will get them to come back. Okay. I think I don't believe somebody's going to walk into Lockstock London and go, or hordes of people will walk into Lockstock London because they know it's in Dubai. But I think once they walk in and see what we do, then they're coming back again. Okay, perfect. Well, on that note, Paul, I can't wait to read the book. Afraid it's all we've got time for today, but we'd love to hear your story in the future. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. All right, cheers. cheers. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Dubai Works. Please do check out the other Love in Dubai podcasts, the Love and Daily Live and the Love and Show. And do follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and loveindubai.com.